Welcome to Blockchain Recorded, the podcast for the tech curious, where we talk about anything and everything related to the exponentially evolving crypto, blockchain, and Web 3.0 space. Our mission is simple, to share knowledge, facilitate discourse, and help evolve education in blockchain fundamentals, decentralization solutions, and relevant use cases for today's digital economy. We at Blockchain Recorded are not registered investment advisors and do not deal with financial or trading token elements, nor offer any licensed financial services. The content of this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, while the opinions of all parties involved are their own. I'm your host, Nina Tserar, and now let's talk blockchain. Before I introduce our guest today, I'd like to remind everyone to follow us on X, former Twitter, at handle recorded podcast, where we pre-stream each episode on Spaces the day before distribution to all major podcast platforms. For the full platform list, visit our website, blockchainrecorded.com. Today, we have with us David Tatzer. David is the founder of a Web3 solutions venture called Data Valis, which includes Pollination X. Pollination X is a multifaceted suite of decentralized solutions, which we will talk about today. David, welcome to Blockchain Recorded. Hey, thanks for the invitation. Okay, if I can introduce myself, um, I'm an entrepreneur and a software engineer with over a decade of experience uh, specializing in end-to-end development process from concept and architectural design to full-scale implementation. Uh, my passion lies in planning uh, robust architecture for innovative ideas, creating MVPs and leading development teams to turn visions into a reality. I enjoy solving challenging problems uh, and always look for solutions that not only fix the current issues but also make the world better. Over the years I've built a big network of friends and experts from around the world, each bringing their own special skills and ideas to different projects I worked on. Mm, my college led me to degree of uh, compute in computer science where I wrote a thesis about cryptography. Uh, this also connects with my first experience with Bitcoin and the world of cryptocurrencies. Uh, so, interesting. So, you actually wrote a thesis about cryptography. So, you are, I would actually say you're you're more of an OG then. Yeah, it's it's like, it's, it's also 10 years uh, when I uh, first met the Bitcoin. So, this year was the 10 years. So, it's a 10-year anniversary. Yeah, I also wrote <laughs> an article on Medium about that, how I start and everything. Ah, you did. Oh, great. Yeah. We'll include that in the show notes. Yeah, cool. So, uh, did you also buy your first Bitcoin then? Yeah. I was skeptical, but uh, um, I was lucky because the, the company, uh, the, the the exchange, Bitstamp, yeah. uh, was like Slovenian-based. Right. So, uh, I have the higher trust to buy the first Bitcoin with them. Well, that's very cool. So, that was your... That was basically your initial experience. Yeah, then... Into the world of... of well, what what became later on, like what we refer to as Web three. Yeah, it was it was interesting and funny. It was like so hard because uh, when you, uh, I was researching uh, what is Bitcoin mining, you know, and uh-huh. I started uh, googling uh, what is mining and how it works, and it, there was like so small content about it. It was hard to understand how mm-hmm. what is this and how it works because everything was new and. A lot of users was involved in this space and so on. And I was researching and reading forums and everything that I built the knowledge uh, how this works. And later then I like 
I hyped my friends mm-hmm. to, to join me. So we, we build the mining rigs and start mining. Yeah. Just curious, because you wrote the thesis on cryptography, where did you... Who did you did you follow anyone in particular in terms of your research? Just just curious if there's anyone in particular that you um, that you were reading or, or basing your thesis on, or uh, or was this just a, a general? Uh, it, it was it was general. Okay. Uh, I like the professor who was uh, learning about these things, uh, so. I discussed with him and uh, we have like the idea that we can like do one application which uh, encrypt the data with uh, with few like with different uh, encryption algorithms and compare them how how efficient they are how fast they are and so on so I built this application and make like uh, uh, um, this from that that's very very cool actually so you you had a, a hands-on experience even when studying it so would you say that that's your so that's your that was your drive towards um working solutions in web3 yeah yeah it was like that i was my my first background like when i was like in the young age is like economic school so i went from Mm -hmm. economic school to the computer science College. Oh, I see. I see. So you're you're you have economics and upgrade to computer science. Yeah. And I was like complete beginner on in the computer uh, universe, and it was really hard. I see. I have in- instructions, and uh, I need to work really hard to to get the knowledge. It was the time when it made like click, uh-huh. uh, and I start understanding things, and then just go. Given that, what led you to co-founding Pollination X and figuring out, or or just in, in general trying to? Well, I'll let you an- answer that question. Basically, what led you to co-found Pollination X? Yeah, uh, so the the idea comes from the one of um, my partners who who are building on-chain communication protocol so email and chat mm-hmm. and they were needed like uh, attachments for the chat and the mail so they needed like plug and play options to to use that centralized storage uh, so they invite me to if i can help them with this uh, and when when we are building that we came with idea and idea and idea what can we do else from that Mm -hmm. so basically this was the start Mm -hmm. so you just said decentralized storage uh that's what the discussion is going to revolve around today or one of the components of pollination x is was from what i understand but first um it will be great to set the stage for the topic of decentralized storage what would you say is the current state of or can we even call it a decentralized storage industry what's happening around it and what's happening around it today yeah, i think it's quite promising um, there is like a significant significant growth uh, in development of the project so there are new projects coming out um, who support like uh, that centralized storage network mm-hmm. uh, basically i was thinking if you buy nft for example you have like uh, this image who should be like there forever mm-hmm. and if you will nft works like that that you need to upload the image 
and then uh, the the URL to the image you put into the smart contract. And what will happen if you upload the image to centralized storage? So you you just shut down the servers, or or a server, ser- service provider gets like bankrupt or something. The image is lost, so you can't have like NFT for for entire life and so on. So that's why we need uh, that centralized storage. So you upload the file and file will be always there. So file is split like uh, in the network of nodes. No, Nobody has access to it mm-hmm. and it will be there. We'll definitely get to the NFT portion of the conversation. But just just to get some general thoughts from you, what would you say is wrong with the current cloud storage that we all use on a daily basis the the googles and and the like that we know that they're we're basically their product <laughs> if if you look for example big companies like uh, amazon uh, or google mm-hmm. you are rent, uh, you are renting the space on their servers so mm-hmm. the moment you upload the files images or any kind of data you give the ownership to them mm-hmm. so you have access to it but they have also uh, so you need to rely on these companies to protect your data. You need to trust them about privacy and security. Uh, but they can block you. They can suspend your account. They can sell your data on the black markets and so on. Uh, there is always a human behind who has access to your data. Uh, on the other side, the centralized storage address issues related to the data privacy, ownership and security. Uh, so when user uploads the data, the decentralized storage split the, the file into the mm-hmm. multiple pieces and only you with uh, with specific private keys you have access to it so no no one have the control over your data mm-hmm. so when we say the statement your keys your data that's that really truly holds yeah in this scenario just curious so you mentioned okay we know the amazons and the face well facebook also and in google's and all the the, the thing uh companies but who are those are so more for web 2 who are the main players or who would you say or do you know of that are the main players in web 3 with in, in terms of decentral in terms of tackling decentralized storage so in other words who else is doing what you're doing with pollination x um, with respect to decentralized storage and the like. Yeah, so um, the, the, there are several key players, but uh, we can like talk about three from my perspective, who are the top the top three. Mm-hmm. Um, there are IPFS, BTFS and Filecoin. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all relate to decentralized storage and file sharing, but they have like different technical foundations uh, and use cases and incentive models. So for BTFS is based on the BitTorrent protocol. Uh, this is a popular peer-to-peer file sharing protocol. Um, it uses BitTorrent distributed technology for file sharing and data transfer, making it highly efficient for distributing large files mm-hmm. across the network. Then we have like IPFS, which is standalone protocol designed for creating a decentralized and content addressable file system. Mm-hmm. Uh, it uses its own network of nodes and unique approach to data retrieval and storage. It's efficient for smaller file sizes, mm-hmm. web content and creating also the decentralized web applications. And then is Filecoin, which is um, blockchain-based network 
uh, it uses blockchain technology to manage uh, storage agreements and payments. Uh, so uh, Filecoin primary focus on providing decentralized marketplace for storage providers to offer their services. It works closely for, with EPFS, mm-hmm. so, so users store files on the EPFS and then with blockchain they confirm their ownership and so on. What about, what about was there another one? I know you said that you have, in your opinion, there are three main ones. What, what about SIA? Weren't they doing something with decentralized storage as well? Yeah, there there are a few other also like Arrays and uh, Swarm and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not so. It's like they are they they are all the the decentralized uh, storage networks. So to store the data in the the, the multiple computers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I my my knowledge is like in the this one the top three because I was also researching them and uh, we are using one of them uh, in our solution also. Mm-hmm. But we have a plan like uh, to, to in our solution, Polynesian X, to, to um, support multiple networks. So we will like go step by step and uh, research them and okay. uh, implement them in our solution. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. Uh, before I, I ask you to dive into Polynesian X, so as far as I understand, decentralization is a key concept here and it enables unparalleled security of data. You know, we talk about decentralized storage and who owns what, but what about security? Can we talk more about that? So pertaining to, you know, you just mentioned, you know, having a private key and then there's also the concept of wallets and data access. Um, I'm just curious how it all inter- interplays with ultimate security when we talk about decentralization. Yeah, okay, it's like that. So first we have nodes. Nodes are the computers, mm-hmm. devices, which are like share their storage and bandwidth into the network. Mm-hmm. So anyone can be like a node owner, so an user. And these nodes in, in, in a decentralized storage network can be like millions, thousands, millions. It's 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 never matter. It's, it doesn't matter. And then when... When you upload the file, when user upload the file on the decentralized network, the file gets split into the, the multiple pieces mm-hmm. and it's spread around the network. And these pieces have also copies. So the file is like split in multiple pieces and these pieces are also have multiple copies and they are all spread around the network. So this means even if some nodes are offline or have some failure or something, the file can be accessed anyway. Mm-hmm. So when user upload the file, gets um, in return he gets like content content identifier. So this content identifier identifies the file, but by he his uh, content, not his location. If we look on the web solution or centralized uh, uh, servers, you have like when you upload the file on the server, you you have. URL to this file to you need to have like URL to the exact location of the file in that centralized storage you have like identifier who address the content it's not it's like file are spread there is no single location so this way you can get like file back by this uh, content identifier mm-hmm yeah, and also some storages um, have um, option to to encrypt the files. Uh, some storages do, do not have this option, but 
there can be applications who offer the encryption. So when you upload the file, you encrypt it with your private keys and then upload it to the network. When you get back, you send this content identifier to the network, you have the file back. If it's encrypted, you need like this, your own private key to encrypt it, mm-hmm. decrypt it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Pollination X, uh, let's dive a little bit more into what it is. And before we do that, what's the reasoning behind the name? Yeah. I mean, I, I think of bees when I hear pollination, the word pollination, <laughs> and you just talked about files being spread <laughs> or yeah. little pieces being spread. So, but... Uh, yeah, there is something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, pollination is the process um, um, which pollen is taken from one plant to another plant. Mm-hmm. So the new plant seeds can be produced. Uh, basically, we are pollinating the apps. So new solutions from different developers mm-hmm. can be data connected. And the data is also spread into the decentralized network in, in multiple pieces. So that's that's the name. That's the reasoning behind the name. Yeah. Very clever. What about the X? That's the, is that for file? Yeah, X is like cross because it's uh, it, it's cross uh, cross app. Oh, it's cross pollination. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Oh, I see. <laughs> How simple. That's very clever. Thanks. So okay, so pollination X uh, cross. So as far as I understand, it offers it's a suite of several components, right? Am I on the right track? Yeah. Um, so we just talked besides decentralized storage, which we just mentioned, there's also decentralized uh, file transfer, which can be compared to, well, in, in Web2, we have a WeTransfer, and then a decentralized drive, which is what today we normally use Google with Web2. So it would be great if you could maybe dive into all the different components or maybe if I've also lost or, or forgot one or any of them, any one of them just maybe explaining what they are but just before before we start I'm just curious what what ignited you or what motivated you to get into this suite of decentralized services and for specifically what use cases mm-hmm. uh, so for first um, I would like to tell that um, we are not a decentralized storage solution, but we are we are like um, for easier access to the decentralized storage services. So we are offering the mm-hmm. the tools for developers, SDKs and APIs, who can like integrate uh, this easier in, into their apps and use like decentralized storage service because. If you go like if you want if you are building the app and you want to have like that centralized storage you need to set up your own node mm-hmm. to to get the endpoint and then you need to learn how it's work and you need to read the developer docs and so on and for the each storage that uh, centralized storage provider you need to do like the same thing over and over again you need to learn for each of them uh, how it, they work. So mm-hmm. with Pollination X, you, you include our SDK, for example, and you just start using um, our APIs who are like standardized for any decentralized storage network we will support. So we have like the same APIs and so on. I see. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this is the, this is the, th- this was the first thing. Mm-hmm. 
it's uh, and okay i forgot to mention that mm -hmm. uh, our solution works like this way that uh, you buy nft uh, which define your storage quota so this is the one um and this is a so it works with the principle of a dynamic nft yeah like a changing nft yeah okay this was the the brainstorming how can we like do nft more interesting it's like uh, you have when you buy nft or when you mint uh, your nft uh -huh. you have like uh, on the image uh, storage quota mm -hmm. and the percent percentage how much you already used so every time you upload the file mm -hmm. this percentage is changing so you can see like on the image uh, i see how much do you use yeah i see okay what is one advantage um, from the other competitors for example mm -hmm. you have like other services who offer these tools also but you as developer you need to to make a account with them and you need to buy the storage so you need to buy like 100 megabytes 500 megabytes one terabytes or so on so and you build the app so more customers you have on your app the more storage you need to buy mm -hmm. in the other service providers so you are paying basically for your customers for the storage. In our case, the each customer have their own NFT. They just come to the your app, buy the NFT, and they are paying for their own storage. You need you as a developer, you only need to pay for the storage you need. It, mm -hmm. If you understand me. Mm -hmm. So okay. So this is from yeah. sorry. This is from a develop for a developer. What about? Uh and user is the same yeah it's like it's when you have nft you can like use the apps mm -hmm. who are built with polishniks or you can like build the new apps as developer but the advantage for the uh, end users are that um, any app who will build with uh, based on pollination x or with uh, pollination x uh, meta standard you you will have files there so you can like go to the one app and upload the files and then you can go to the other app for example file editing app mm -hmm. and you will have like files there you don't need to to upload it again so it's like cross app data managing mm -hmm. yeah you have one nft one file uploaded and you can like use it on the on the many apps and you you also you just pay once so you don't need to pay like in centralized services like Dropbox, Google Drive, and so on, you, are, you need to have accounts for on, on, on each app. Here, just you buy NFT, upload the data, and you can like going around and use it. So the key the key driver is the NFT with the storage. Yeah. And yeah, so like you just said, and you can cross use it use it with any service that you offer. Yeah. Okay. This is the also advantage for the developers because. When they build the app supported with Pollination X, they also have already, like, they get customers, mm -hmm. you know. Everyone who already have the NFT, it's their potential customer. So they don't need to, to search new new customers or they, mm -hmm. yeah, basically. So j just just as a, as a user question, uh, now, okay, so you have, you have the, 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 the storage that you first, well, first... You have to mint the NFT, and then I personally tried it. Uh, tried on your testnet, so I I tested 
with the help of your wiki, <laughs> with your wiki explanation, which was actually very nicely explained. Mm -hmm. uh, first minting the NFT, and then you have to get gas for the transaction, right? Yeah. Because every time you send a file, it's it's basic it's basically a transaction and so on. But mm -hmm. I don't want to be the one explaining it. <laughs> uh, it was actually it was it was very cool to go through the process and then by sending the file and then having the other person say, Yes, I I got the file and it's with the private keys and everything. And it, just the thought that it's you you own it and no one else and and it's really truly the exchange between you know peer to peer is 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 amazing um but maybe could you explain help explain so what happens you just talked about from the developer point of view but also what happens from the front end point of view in terms of the the process so you know choosing the blockchain or or ch choosing which chain you want to go on and and so forth just just for our listeners to understand how how the process works. Mm -hmm. So we are talking about the uh, Web3 cross share. Sure. Um, yeah, the Web3 cross share is like um, we transfer alternative in the Web3. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you are you are sending the files directly from user to user. Uh, so when you come to the Web3 cross share website, and there you have like uh, some supported chains. Uh, currently, we are on the test nets, but we have planned to to at also mainnets and the other testnets mm -hmm. you choose the, the the chain and you log into the app with your metamask so when you are in the app you upload the file you set the the receiver then gets generated like encryption key uh, so file will be encrypted with this encryption key and you are responsible to provide this key to receiver so we have like two options uh, to copy it or send it on the email this like this is the first version we will like make better but we are constantly improving mm -hmm. uh, and then you send the, the file when you when you send the file the file is uploaded to that center it's encrypted it if is if there is more than one file it gets zipped and uploaded to decentralized storage before upload is uh, uh, encrypted uh, then you get back like in the back uh, this content identifier for the file which I said before that uh, address the file uh, location mm -hmm. and after that the content identifier with um, a subject and the message gets uploaded uh, as a metadata to the to the decentralized storage again and then this content identifier to the metadata is, is saved on the blockchain so you confirm the transaction when transaction is finished is everything there so receiver can get like um, to the app they basically they receive an email for now that uh, they you send them something and they click to the link on the email and get into the app they log in with the wallet and they can like just download the files files are like fetched from the uh, decentralized storage they are decrypted and downloaded and then for so and and like previously mentioned uh for every cross share or whatever one is doing there the gas fees you also need gas correct yeah uh, every 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 right on the blockchain cost fees so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, you need to have like uh, cryptocurrency for the gas mm -hmm. so the mission of owning your own data is is i think is very clear but just just a question from a user's point of view what happens if i were to lose access or if i use my private key or if my metamask is hacked this is just like a 
just a question if if someone who is not in, in web3 expert yet or whatever what happens yeah okay uh, one uh, one uh, i need to address the, the previous topic okay uh, i forgot to mention that uh, when you like upload the file and send it uh, uh, the storage quota gets filled so nft uh, changed percentage on the nft gets changed and uh, the quota is like filled Mm-hmm. okay hack um yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah well uh, just just what just curious because uh i'm i'm a very i'm personally a very uh i would say um a little more on the conservative side with which with whatever i am doing <laughs> so i'm always you know when you have news of metamask getting hacked just what do you what do you do i i i, I was hacked. Are, are my are my files endangered or is my connection to pollination x endangered mm-hmm. yeah it's like that that um for example in the in the cross share mm-hmm. your files are not like endangered because um you didn't you have like the private key for the um, to decrypt the file so even if they can like get to you, the, your files are encrypted so the private keys uh, or secret key is not saved saving the is saved in the Met- metamask your account in metamask or your wallet is like compromised but files are not mm-hmm. on the on the other side it's like that that we didn't talk about uh, the pollination x drive but uh, we we can <laughs> our, yeah it's like that when you we have like uh, the another use case uh, which is like uh, pollination x drive uh, which is mm-hmm. alternative to google drive for example you can upload uh, the files um, when you have the nft uh, and you get first on the 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 pollination x drive uh, app it, your account is created so you have Basically, you have wallet, mm-hmm. account, then you have NFT, and inside the NFTs, you have, like, new account. And you can have, like, multiple accounts with one NFT. So you can have, like, your personal files, and you can have, like, your business files in same NFT with different accounts. So you have, when you create, when you logged into the Pollination X drive, the pop-ups gets, like, you, you, you will create new account, and you get like uh, the secret key or you can like import account so if you are on the other computer the same the logic like with uh, metamask so it's the same if if you get hacked mm-hmm. the 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 hacker can't get or, or he can get to your files but they are encrypted but the issue is if you lost the nft so if hacker gets like um, mm-hmm. uh, hacked into your wallet and they transfer the nft to the another wallet then you don't have access to the the, the files anymore but the files are uh-huh. anyway encrypted so they don't have access to it also but you lose lose it anyway that's the we can't do nothing about that because oh, i see only you have the access to the files uh, you are the owner so you need to take care for the this part of security okay so if i lose my private key i'm screwed <laughs> yeah you are <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um just quickly just to um um just to mention this you you say you said private key and then you have secret key are those is that the same thing 
are those two separate ones? No, uh, uh, private key is like... Um, private key is private key. Private key is private key from the wallet. Mm-hmm. The secret key is like the... Like a confirmation link? Yeah, or it, it can work the same like the private key for the NFT account. So we, we just named it the secret key. Okay. Yeah, it's like secret hash. It's the same that with MetaMask account. And what you said earlier that there's two ways of two ways with a secret key, right? When you when you actually go in the app, um, I remember. I mean, I tested that, and I think I chose. Um, actually, I didn't choose anything, <laughs> but I re- I remember the secret key. Yeah. Yeah, you probably ju- just press that uh, button that uh, secret key was sent to the to the receiver. I did. I don't. I don't, I forget. I don't. I don't know if I selected that it was through the email. Um, I don't think I did that. But anyway, it, it's it's good to to test these things and to actually go through it so that one understands what these conversations are all about just in general, right? Yeah. And as far as I understand, so you mentioned that you're in testnet mm-hmm. with all of the different components of your of your sort of solution services. Mm-hmm. What's your um you're in testnet. Um w- do you have any idea in terms of mainnet when you said you you're, you're going to be on mainnet soon? Is there any um, plan for that? Yeah, it, it it will be like soon, probably this month. Okay, so still in twenty twenty three. Yeah, we are. We have everything ready, but um, uh, it will be cool to to get some mm-hmm. beta testers from the outside. So, like you, for example. <laughs> yeah, so, yes, some, <laughs> I'm a beta tester. <laughs> yeah, we will, we will also share the the. A submit form on the Twitter so you can like write uh, what is good, what was good, what would you like have different, just some feedback mm-hmm. to so we can see if we can like do some improvements. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think we've talked about a lot about the so the cross share. Sorry, I, I keep referring to it as file transfer. It's not just it's it's like you say it's cross share. It's Web three cross share. Yeah. Web three cross share, um, and then you did talk a little bit about the drive um which as i understand and what you mentioned it's is it's meant to be like a web3 uh non-custodial google drive yeah. which is an antithesis in itself <laughs> in <Yeah>. the <this> sentence <laughs> but um i just have another question with with respect to the drive we're all used to the google drive or most of us are what are the key differences when using Google Drive and when using Pollination X Drive, I mean, I know it's with the in terms of the data is your own data, um, but what are the main differences when with the setup, or just how you how you view them? Yeah, like you said, uh, the key differences are like ownership, of course, yes, decentralization, interoperability, privacy, and security. Like these are our components from blockchain and uh, that centralized network. When you say interoperable, uh, interoperability, what exactly do you mean? Yeah, um, so we are we are setting, we, we would like to set the standard, meta standard, Polynesian X meta standard. Okay. So the, the apps are like connected, data connected. Mm-hmm. So it's like the, the Polynesian X drive can be like the entry point for your files. So when you want to upload the files, you go to the Polynesian X drive and upload it. You can like access to it from other computers and so on. Mm-hmm. And then we, we, we don't have um, the file editing uh, inside this 
like this is the difference between Google Drive I see. because you have you can like edit the files and so on. Mm-hmm. In Punishnik's Drive, you can create folders. You can like have your own structure, so you can create folders and upload the files, mm-hmm. and that's it. Okay, so as far as a data management system, it's the folders. Are you planning on augmenting that? I mean, are, are you planning on adding on to? Yeah. To this, what you just said. Yeah, we are constantly uh, thinking about uh, new use cases, mm-hmm. and we will also like encourage like the other developers. So we don't need to build it. We can, but mm-hmm. there can be like other developers who will build like uh, word editing app, for example, or Excel editing uh, app, picture editing app. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they can build it. They can use like our uh, SDK and. The, then, then we have like these two apps connected you know you upload the files on the decentralized drive and you can like edit on this other app mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if I understand correctly the back to the storage and the NFT you're actually selling the storage in the form of NFTs mm-hmm. is that your main business revenue model yeah uh, this is the main uh, business model. It's like uh, currently our predefined packages. So you just uh-huh. get to any of our apps. So you can, I forgot to mention, we have like also developer portal. So it's like the similar look like uh, Crosshair and the Drive. But for developers, you can see like your NFTs there. Uh, you can go like on the any app and um, you just buy then if you just choose uh, how much storage do you want and you buy it and you can lo- you can also like buy multiple nfts and you can also like upgrade your current nft and you have also option for the free mint so mm-hmm. for the easier starting or something you can just come and mint free 100 megabytes right of nft right yeah. so yeah so once you set everything up or once you get into the the app you get the first 100 megabytes for free mm-hmm. and then you uh, purchase to buy then more. you can upgrade. Yeah, you can buy a new one or you can upgrade the, this free one to the... Are these... Uh, the, are these is, so this is also in Testnet. So if, if I wanted to go in Testnet and, and, I don't know, pretend buy, this is already... I can do that? Yeah. Yeah, you can. Ah, okay. Um I didn't do that. <laughs> I just minted the free one and I sent everything, <laughs> just just to kind of get it. Yeah, it's enough. You probably didn't 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 fill up. If you fill up the, the the quota, then you will probably research how to buy more or something. And how can how can one buy more? Is this um, using what? So it's just with. Uh, is it like with stable coins or or just some, certain cryptocurrencies or does it work with? Um, the 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 coins that you have from the blockchains that you're using yeah you need to have like native uh, blockchain currency so I if see. you are on sepolia you need to have like testnet sepolia tokens mm-hmm. uh, and it will be also for the mainnet so on the ethereum you, you buy with ethereum right so you have ethereum then and so on. Yeah. what because you, you're multi-chain op- interoperable what you were talking about you mentioned the testnets if we can just quickly go through them again so it's from polygon right and mm-hmm. then you have artera and mu3 mu3 yeah and um Cepolia, which is uh, which is Cepolia. ethereum testnet which it, right which is ethereum um what's your vision for the future just adding are you planning on adding any more or 
Yeah, we will. We our plan is to to support uh, the much um, Ethereum virtual machine uh, supported blockchains. So, mm-hmm. and we we also want to support the other ones, but uh, we will consider um, about their security, their speed, uh, their adoption, and so on. So mm-hmm. we would like to support uh, much much as possible. What about your own? decentralized storage any plans with that yeah this was um, already discussion inside the team um, but we will see what future will bring uh, because uh, now uh, the main focus is uh, to like support the other decentralized storages because we we can like offer more there are like a bunch of it and there are users who already know these storages and so on mm-hmm. uh, so we would like to build like first this uh, uh, cross uh, data managing uh, standard mm-hmm. and later we will see uh, if if we will do it or not it's not uh, it's not clear yet so and who who can you talk about this in terms of who are your main users this far you mentioned that you have certain users that you have certain specific already use cases for people who want to use your your solutions for the test nets, we are like searching uh, beta testers. For beta testers, right? So, okay, but yeah. like potential use cases, use cases that are I don't know, waiting for for it to be on mainnet. Are you at that stage yet at all, or you're just at the stage where you're just testing? Yeah, we are testing. But uh, if we can, if we talk about our potential customers, like I don't know, enterprise use. Um, certain enterprises for example yeah for example architecture firms mm. they can like uh, share their like secret information or law firms or basically it's like it can be anyone it can be anyone who, yeah, pharmaceutical because, companies <laughs> yeah it's like uh, you have like your data are is your gold for absolutely yeah, uh, yeah cross sharing files between enterprises that with sensitive data content right yeah yeah so in terms of potential users then mostly i mean you definitely have potential users from the enterprise and obviously from anyone who's already using google potentially uh, adopting the decentralized version i mean that's the ultimate right that's that's like the ultimate goal yeah, this this is our one of our goals to to make a gap like between Web two applications uh, and uh, Web three space. So, for the example, we can build or anyone can build plugin for the Chrome mm-hmm. for the Google Drive, so the users can like backup their data from Google Drive to the decentralized storage ah, this is the, the one see. possible use case yeah okay and when they have like these files there they can like use all the other apps who will support like uh, pollination x meta standard absolutely yeah. wow well actually that's actually very very key before i ask uh, sort of well my next question I, did we do we technically cover um all the components that pollination x is comprised of was there anything that maybe you think we we left out or maybe that i didn't ask uh no uh i think uh, we cover everything i mean we talked about the 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 dynamic nft which is sort of the core to to everything and then um the different components yeah we have like uh, the nfts and then uh, uh, these use cases 
which are like Google uh, Polynesian Drive, mm-hmm. uh, Web3 CrossShare and Developers Portal. Then we have like decentralized storage. Is for now we are supporting like BTFS only. Okay. Uh, this uh, I, I wasn't mentioned. Um, we will add like IPFS and other also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's it. I think. And okay, one component is like for the developer tools like APIs and SDK. Uh huh. Okay. What would you What would you consider? I mean, given all this, I mean, I imagine that you're very busy. <laughs> What would you say or what would you consider are your biggest challenges or hurdles that you've endured throughout this Pollination X journey? Yeah, um, it was one particular challenge. Mm -hmm. It's like how to upload a very big file because Mm. uh, you mentioned before that you need to pay like uh, gas fee. Mm-hmm. So when file gets uploaded, the MetaMask pops up and you need to pay uh, the fee. Mm-hmm. But what if you upload like 100 gigabytes big of files? You can like sit in front of the computer like one hour before the file gets uploaded and the MetaMask pops up. Okay, you can leave it, but you can forget. You can get back and you close the, the browser or the electricity gets out or something. This is this was the main issue because in the centralized storage services, you just drop the file and you can go and the file will be uploaded. Uh, so we mainly um, fixed that. How did you fix it then? I mean, obviously you fixed it. How did you go about fixing it? Yeah, for now it's like that. That um, okay with with uh, we didn't fix it with uh, cross share. So you need to wait file to get uploaded to okay. to finish the process. Uh, but we fix it with uh, um, Polynesian X Drive. Mm-hmm. So. Currently, we we are paying for the for your gas fees, so you just you can like uh, drop the file and you can go. Mm-hmm. We are paying the the fees who the fee which um, fills your quota. So when you upload the file, the quota gets filled. But if you want to to uh, have the files on the other computers, so synchronized around. You need to come like on this file on this computer when you up on this computer when you upload the file and press the sync. So you pay the the fee for the syncing mm-hmm. because it's a blockchain transaction also. Mm-hmm. But the file is uploaded, so it's not the 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 problem anymore that the file will not be uploaded. I see. Yeah, I hope I I was clear enough. No, you were clear. Well, that was yeah. your only <laughs> biggest challenge. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, basically, this was the the hardest one. Okay. I don't like to to pay transaction fees for the others. You know, mm-hmm. it's not it's not so scalable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are working on the solution on that with some. Uh, we will probably implement like bandwidth system and the subscription systems mm-hmm. uh, so to cover all these uh, things so we can do like more automatization mm-hmm. yeah. uh, subscription models yeah that's uh, sort of where everything is headed yeah so you did mention that you're in testnet and then uh, within the month mainnet what's what else is next in your project pipeline uh, or roadmap uh, so I would take it that focus for the rest of 2023 is then mainnet. What about 2024 and ultimately longer term? 
what's your what's your ultimate vision yeah we have like uh, we would like to set this standard so we the every every app in on the blockchain the blockchain space will be connected mm-hmm. uh, this is the 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 main goal Mm-hmm. Uh, and also to to make like the the transition smoother smoother so like transition from web 2 to web 3 mm-hmm. to um, engage developers to make like applications who will support that and we will also build like new use cases uh, for this uh, and also the plan is adding like this subscription model so it's, i think it's more c- crucial also for the for the adoption uh, for the non-Web3 users that they can like pay with credit cards or something and they are using decentralized services and they don't need to know how to install MetaMask and create a wallet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just you just pointed out uh, a, a very important point in terms of adoption because, I mean, the world is definitely not at the point where where they're ready for, I mean, many even say that we're, at, you know, we're working with Web 2.5 just there's a very small percentage of people who um, are aware. I mean, I think more people are aware of of the problem of not owning their own data and being the product. I mean, this is like what we've been talking about over the last ten years with with um, with the Facebooks and Googles and Amazons. Mm. The key is just to to you know how do you uh, make the people understand how important this is so that they care um, to to actually do something about it. You know. I don't know in terms of what, what in terms of your circles, you know, but of course there's definitely a, a discrepancy between, you know, the Web three people who, you know, we're circling in this trying to pave the way for a, a better decentralized, um, self sovereign future. But then there's people. Then there's the people who uh, know that they don't. They want to own their own data, but they don't know how. And then there's the ones who have just absolutely no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how you know we're we're all we're working or these projects are worked on and you're working so hard. And also on this podcast, you know, we've hosted so many different uh, guests with different, different projects, but the key is really going to be the adoption process. Are you thinking about this, how to onboard people, users? Um, One is potentially where it could be useful, but, and maybe from an enterprise point of view, you already you just mentioned you have you know you have architecture firms you have pharmaceuticals you have well anybody law firms anybody who's dealing with with um, sensitive data but just with people or just just in general with having this mass adoption um, are you are you thinking about this with your team how mm-hmm. how to um, enlighten people to to actually use this go and test and use this and 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 realize the importance yeah. I think the, the the main problem is like um, to people needs to learn or they need to know that the, the te- technology like blockchain and the cryptocurrencies are not the same thing. They are related, but it's not the same thing. Right. And it's problem because uh, there there out there is there are so many scams. Uh, um, so people are skeptical. They are listening for the Bitcoin and then they are no, this is scam. This is like yeah, yeah. And and I think that the this is the 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 main problem. It was like the same when when I buy my first uh, Bitcoin. I was skeptical because okay, first I was skeptical that I will buy it from the right 
exchange but uh, the other thing was like mm-hmm. is this like investment in the future because like okay bitcoin is digital money but that's it you know and i was like okay maybe is maybe not i i wasn't sure but i i, I became sure bec- when ethereum comes with his smart contracts mm-hmm. this was like my trigger that i need to go like software engineer into the mm-hmm. developing like uh, this type of uh, application so we we need to do like this the same mm-hmm. kind of trigger to the to the like basic persons so they will like know that this is the right thing that if they want to own the data needs to they needs to mm-hmm. like use decentralized services uh, but on the other side we need to also make like as easier access so they don't need like to have like one hour um, of uh, some in- instructions how to set up the wallet and what is wallet and what is metamask and how this works and what are the private keys no yeah we have like we need to have like uh, web 2 processes so click click and that's it uh, they don't need yeah for, for yeah. the average user it has to be very simple like you said before even plug and play Google managed to do that and then uh, have everybody addicted <laughs> and used to it, yeah. which was, I guess, yeah. you know, obviously genius on their part. But um, whether or not things are right is is the debatable point. But like you said, I think user interface and just the just to not um, deter people away from from using the technology and first to understand the difference. I, I guess you're right. We're still early, so understanding what the difference between the technology part and then the investment part that's 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 stage one stage two is the mental shift mm-hmm. um of understanding how that it's important you want to own your own data but then again how what to do for that that's that's the crucial part right uh, and also it's like cryptocurrencies and uh, the laws so we we need to have like uh, regulations mm. because enterprises can't just use like cryptocurrencies or something into their company so we need to have like regulations or something i don't know um your team is you're based in slovenia uh just how we are well, our team is mm-hmm. uh is your full team based also in slovenia or do you have any remote uh people from other countries or is it mostly slovenia no it's mostly slovenia okay yeah um and you just uh you mentioned what about do you have do you come across any regulatory problems already or this is not an issue in terms of um doing what you're doing no for now it's not the issue because uh, we are not we, we don't have like uh, cryptocurrency mm-hmm. we we are we have like blockchain based solution it's NFT, but it's not uh, it's not a token, and it's not on the exchange. So yeah. if token is not on the exchange, it's not a problem. Yes. Well, David, uh, this has been a very interesting and enlightening conversation. Thanks. Is there anything that I may have not asked uh, that you wanted to um, wanted to say or share with with our audience yeah. before we wrap up? I think that we've covered quite um, an array of information. Yeah, I think we cover pretty much everything. Uh, I can just say that uh, you can go like on the pollinationx.io uh, website and you will find uh, mm-hmm. everything there. So links to the wiki, links to the use cases, links to the Git uh, hub. Uh, so yeah, everything is there. And a way to participate for the beta testing. 
it's all through through the yeah they can follow us on the on the twitter we will uh, okay make a post about it um, and also share this feedback form uh, in and uh, if anyone had uh, some questions or want a discussion they can contact us on the twitter also okay perfect and your twitter handle is just po- polynesianics polynesianics okay. underscore io okay we'll make sure that we include that in our show notes yeah please so i guess with that uh, david thanks a lot for today's dive into decentralized data storage and uh, cross-share solutions, data transfer solutions, while giving our audience a better understanding of, of how it all works. Pollination X is paving the way to enable self-custody for all. But most importantly, um, as we already mentioned, you're reminding us of the crucial aspect of owning our own data. And as you already pointed out, I also encourage everyone to go to Pollination X's testnet page to try and mm-hmm. mint their free 100 megabyte nft and try to send a file or play around with choosing different blockchains etc it's everything is nicely documented with directions on the wiki page and so with that thanks everyone for listening and david thanks again and all the best to you and your team yeah thanks to you also thanks a lot have a nice day (laughs) you too thanks Thanks again to our guests and thank you everyone for listening. Thanks also to the Barium Music team for providing their music. You can check them out on barriamusic.com. The episode supporting information is on our website, blockchainrecorded.com. Our podcast is available on Google, Apple, and Amazon Podcasts, as well as on YouTube, Spotify, and Radio Public. You can follow us on Twitter at Recorded Podcast and YouTube, where we are super grateful for your support. Stay tuned for our next episode. <laughs>